0: All right, my friends, we are back. My guest today is one of my best friends who relocated to Nashville, Tennessee a few years back. He practically stumbled into a full-time gig on Broadway, cutting his teeth with legendary country music veterans. We discussed transitioning from punk rock power chords to finding a love for melody and country music and charting the dangerous waters of home studio gear and recording. Please welcome my good friend, Mr. Jake Loban.
1: I'm losing my mind my mind can't believe it's true i'm losing my mind because i'm losing you
2: all right are we doing it
0: yeah yes We're rolling cool man hell yeah
2: i'm excited I want this to be your longest podcast yet.
0: Yeah? (laughs) Dang. You're going to have to give
2: Ashley a run for her money.
0: (laughs) How long was hers? Dude, I think we pushed like three hours. Wow. Yeah. It just, it was the first one. Yeah. And, well, it probably doesn't like help that her her and I can just wrap out for hours anyway about nothing. So it was one of those where it just kept going and going and going. And the next thing I was like, uh, it's been two hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> and everyone's like, dude, is every podcast going to be this fucking long? And I was like, I don't know.
2: Yeah, but then you can go back and listen, you know, pick up where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever really sit and listen to a podcast all the way through first go. No. I'll listen to, you know, 10 minutes when I'm driving to work, then another 10 minutes when I'm driving home. Yeah. And I'm like washing dishes so, and I'll listen to it. It's just, it's always takes you like
0: a month to go through one of my podcasts, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm still on podcasts. I have <laughs> catching up to do. It. Yeah, yeah I really that's, do, that's funny. I do a lot of driving, and uh, so for me, it's just always well, also like a lot of work that I do. Um, I'm doing stuff where I'm just working on something on my own, and yeah. so I just like to have it on in the background. Yeah, and I'm just absolutely. kind of listening. You're just basically just honing in on someone else's conversation, yeah. Uh, yeah. I used
2: when I lived out here. I drove a ton too, and I loved it because I would, I would listened to so much music. And what I would do is I'd listen to an album, and then a podcast, and then an album, yeah. and then a podcast, and just yeah. go back and forth. So then there's like music, conversation, so you don't talk to yourself too much. In the car. Yeah. <laughs> but now I don't drive in living in Nashville. I don't drive nearly as much. Yeah. I mean, so rarely.
0: your your house is I mean it's like what ten minute drive.
2: Yeah it's it's six miles yeah. from from downtown. So it's it's really close. Yeah, which is great because then it's six miles away from a lake too. So it's the best of both worlds. It's awesome.
0: I feel like that's a consen- consensus in Nashville is it's always like 10 minutes from something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like everything's yeah. 10 minutes away. And even,
2: I remember when I first moved there and I'd tell people in Nashville, they'd say, oh, what part of town are you in? And I would say, I'm in Donaldson. And they're like, that's so far. I'm like, it, it never takes more than fifteen minutes. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Like that's far. We're out here. I mean, everything takes thirty minutes to get to pretty much. Yeah. So no matter how close or far it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anywho. Yeah. I'm excited to be in California right now. This is amazing. The weather is so good.
0: Right? Yeah. Dude, that's what's hard, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I was just in Nashville. I stay at Jake's house when I go there. And um, I fall in love with Nashville every time I'm there. Yep. And uh, come back, you know, ready to pick everything up and load it out.
2: But then it's 72 and degrees. then it's it the 72 degrees. <laughs> in December.
0: In December. We went and walked down on the beach today. And it was just like yeah, all time. Nice. I know. It is. But...
2: I do miss the weather. Yeah. I miss it for sure. I mean, we went the last two days, we went on these like four or five mile hikes. Yeah. Or in my folks' house, and it's in t shirt and shorts. Right. Which is wild, but it's yeah. great.
0: And it's crazy. It's just like that all, all year, year round, pretty much. Just crazy. But
2: my thermostat's at that all year round in Nashville, though. So it's, yeah, not there. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as long as we're on that, so you have I'm, I'm trying to think we can go f- I'd like to I, obviously at some point I want to talk about like you starting playing music where that kind of begins yeah but uh I'd be interested just to hear maybe just talking about just your move to Nashville sure um as long as we're already talking about that yeah but so you've you've moved out to Nashville how long ago
2: it was uh four and a half years ago four and a half wow which is crazy because I feel like it I just got out there still, but I'm 34 now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> the last four, four years, I moved there when I was 29. And because I was like, all right, I'm almost 30. You know, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. Yeah. And I just went. I didn't know anyone out there. And I, I just, I went for it. I, I was, I started going out there to visit when, um, in my early 20s. Just out of curiosity, I have no idea why. Just one time Bob Seeger was going on tour and I was like, I'm going to go to Bob or go to Nashville to see Bob Seeger. No shit. Yeah. And so I went out there by myself. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I had Bob Seeger tickets and that was it.
0: <laughs> I landed in Nashville
2: <laughs> and I got the, in a cab and he, I just said, take me downtown. And he said, okay. And he dropped me off. And there was, at the time, there was a little Best Western. Um, I got a room there. And then I just went out. I just walked down to Broadway. And I was blown away. I mean, yeah. it was just the coolest. That first night, I remember just going bar to bar to bar to bar. And seeing all these bands and and just being. And it was like a Tuesday night. You know, that was the, yeah. the weird thing. I just couldn't believe it. And every bar, I'm like, is it like this? Every night? And they're like, yes, it's Nashville. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I had a blast and then I just kept going back every, you know, I was going maybe three or four times a year. I would just, I would look at who was playing the Ryman Auditorium, who was playing um, at different venues around Nashville. And if someone good was coming, like I saw Chris Christopherson play there. So I would just keep an eye on the lineup and then buy a ticket and go, sometimes bring a friend, sometimes just go by myself, whatever, but it was fun. And then finally I just went for it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I figured I was, I was paying so much money to go out there and visit. I might as well just live there and make a thing of it. So yeah. I'm still there, but I love it. It's great.
0: Yeah. I would, I know that the first time we went out um, a few years back and we flew in, I think it was a Monday, either Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we Ubered down and went straight to, I think you recommended maybe. And, and they're like, go check out Robert's. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we went down and walked into Robert's. And it was the first spot we were in. And uh, first spot we went to in Nashville ever. Right. And walked in and the band was insane. And I didn't even know necessarily <laughs> who it was I was looking at at the moment. Right. I just was like, oh, these, these old timers are killing it. Yeah. And we went and ordered uh like $2 PBRs. Yeah. And had like $3 cheeseburgers and sat there and they had a little card and it was like, Oh, here's who's playing. And you look at it and it was like, you know, the last remaining buckaroo on drums. Right. And like, Oh, the red steel player or like, was whatever. it John England? Do you remember? I think it was John England. Cause I know
2: he did that with the cards too. And I remember the same thing happened yeah. to me the first time I saw yeah. him. I was like, yeah. He has Pappy on the fiddle. Yep. yep. Who's I think 90 now yeah. and still plays or something. He's old yeah. but.
0: Which is a trip that I didn't even put that together that that's who that was. Yeah. But like from going back so many times, like having met him, I remember the last time I was there, and he played get... with the Lynn too. Yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Just... But I I stayed I stayed at Robert's on a Monday night for like 6 hours <laughs> like in the same spot and uh <laughs> and I remember Johnny they they took a break and they came up and I was like throwing their tip and the thing, and he's like oh yeah he's like you're jake's buddy right yeah
1: and i was like awesome. oh, yeah and he's like he's dude, so nice
0: yeah he's like hey you, you want to jump on for a little bit like dude he'll let you i was like absolutely oh, not best. i was like nope i do not want to do that i was like not in front of that dude <laughs> but I love,
2: I love that guy yeah. he's so just so kind such a genuine yeah good dude he posted a picture was maybe a month ago um of him playing guitar and in front of him on i mean he's right behind them it's He's playing guitar and it's Loretta Lynn and Jack White are singing in front of him. And he's yes. like, All right, it was like a throwback picture, yeah. you know, it's somewhere at some show in New York with Loretta Lynn and Jack White. I was like, Yeah, gosh, that's unbelievable. And they're just down there playing. Yeah. Every week. It's wild.
0: Well, that's what I love. Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, so now you play down on Broadway. Yeah. Like right off Broadway, yeah. Johnny Cash's kitchen. Yeah. You got there and um, you. It Was Tootsie's where you first started playing down there?
2: Yeah, so I moved out there with no intention of being like a Broadway yeah. guy or even playing music for a living. I just didn't think it was even an option for me. I didn't think I was good enough and I didn't know enough cover songs Yeah,
1: <laughs> at all.
2: So I went out there and um, I still kept my job in California and I was going back and forth a lot. Um just working remotely in Nashville for a month. And then I go to California and, and do my, I was a sales rep. And I'll drive around California and see my accounts. So I would go home to California, see all my accounts, go back to Nashville, work remotely and do, you know, computer stuff. And when, when I was out there, I remember I posted on Facebook or something. I just said, you know, if anyone knows any gigs, whatever, I'm, I'm here. I have yeah. nothing to do <laughs> 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 or open mic or something. I'm happy to play. And I did a couple random little open mic nights, which was fun. And then um, uh, a friend messaged me and was like, oh, uh, do the Tootsie's open mic night or open mic afternoon, whatever they call it. It's Sunday after or Saturdays. I think it's every Saturday at two o'clock. You can just go sign up and yeah. sing at Tootsie's. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, I'd been there before. I didn't know anything about it. And I showed up which is my... I was like expecting to do some original songs to a room full of three people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like a yeah. typical open mic night that you don't know about. You just show up and you're like, oh, cool, whatever. So I show up and it's packed. It's in the second floor. The room's packed and there's a full band on the stage. Oh, shit. And I do not know what was going on. You know, I'm looking around. I see this other dude standing there with his guitar and I was like, is this the open mic? And he goes, yeah, man. I'm like, okay, I, man, this is, is this like a, a band going right now? What's what's going on? He's like, no, you sing with the band. And I was like, okay. And he looks at me and goes, you have no fucking idea what you're doing here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no.
0: <laughs> he's like,
2: this is to get hired to play here. And I was like, what? Like, I just didn't, he's like, like, an audition? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I'll just go up and do some Johnny Cash songs and yeah, leave. Like, yeah. I'm not, I was not like, That you know these guys on on stage were singing like Florida Georgia Line and stuff, and I was like, I just just not, I don't yeah see myself getting into this world at all. And I got up there, and the and the band was, and I'm actually friends with people in that band. I still play with them. Yeah, Um, they don't remember it, but I remember everything. Like we got up and I did uh, Folsom Prison Blues and Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow to Be Cowboys, and then the host who did the hiring, he just said all right, that's good. You're done. You know, get off the stage. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't expect yeah. a- any, anything. I was uh. just, I was just happy to be there playing. And I was walking out the back and this old guy comes up to me, John Taylor, who's been there forever and does the booking and stuff. And he's like, he grabs my shoulder and he goes, son, how serious are you about honky tonkin?" I was like, who the hell are you? What? Like, I didn't, I didn't know who he was either. And, yeah. and he said, come back tomorrow, 10 a.m. for a meeting. I was like, all right. So then I left and I showed up the next day and it was a gig. I didn't know that it was actual, that was my first gig was the ah. next day. <laughs> and, uh, Jesus. It was with me, another guy that got hired and my good buddy, uh, Russell, who I'm still very good friends with. Yeah. He would like help train the new guys. Yeah. And I told him right away. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm in way over my head. You know, I I have a bunch of originals and then maybe ten covers that I can do. And he said, Oh, Hoss, perfect. You'll be right. Just 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 hang out and and play, man. It'll be all all I'll take care of it. You know. And he was yeah. so so nice. And I remember he sound checked with Waymore's blues. Uh huh. And that's like, one of my shit. favorite.
0: And yeah. you're also like, there goes one of my yeah, songs. Yeah, exactly.
2: But I was so relieved because I hadn't really seen anyone else there that did like Merle Haggard stuff or, or Waylon stuff. Yeah. And that's what I was into. And he soundchecked with that. I was like, dude, you know Waylon? And he's like, yeah, man, like, chill out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I was all excited. But um, I played with him that first day and then went back. Then, then they had me come back the next day for another gig and the next day. And I, I played there for for two years. Jesus. Yeah. That just, it just happened. Dang. And, um But after about six months of it is when I quit my job, you know, and I was like, okay, I can actually do this for a living now. And like mm-hmm. once I got a, a grip on how it works on Broadway and how you can kind of carve your own path down there yeah. and make it work, you know? Because a lot of people, I'll tell them that I play on Broadway and they're like, I don't see you in that mix of people, yeah. and which I, I totally understand. But there's a ton of clubs who are, very very cool and and I play at Johnny Cash's now and they're they're amazing. They give me they let me bring any band I want and do whatever play originals uh whatever I want to do. They yeah. they just support it and they're amazing. So kind of just you find your people, you know, yeah, everywhere. Like anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How so I guess for people who aren't savvy to that like you, know, you talked about like how you just kind of learn how that that game works like would could you elaborate on like the whole Broadway Yeah, so cycle or circle or whatever it is?
2: There's different circuits. Yeah. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, say Broadway, the main strip on in Nashville's is, is Broadway Street. And there's just bar after bar after bar after bar, and some of them are three, four stories high with stages on every story, and they have music all day, all night. And everyone plays down there, gets thrown around playing different gigs. But basically, you learn really quick that there's different circuits, different club owners own four to five bars down there and you get hired on by different circuits and each circuit kind of has its own set of rules. Like some places don't let you play other places. Some places don't care. Some places want you to play specific songs, specific set lists, um, you know, and some places don't even let you choose your band. Mm-hmm. They just throw you on stage with a band you don't even know. And you have to play, you have to play for four hours with a band you've never met, <laughs> yeah. Which sounds impossible, and that's why I never thought I could do it because yeah. I thought I come from the, I mean, the same world you do, where it's like you have a band and you rehearse, yeah, and you work so hard at rehearsing for a forty-five minute set, and then you pull it off, and you are like, Whew, that yeah. was a lot of work, we did it. Where out there, you get thrown on stage with four people you've never met in your life, and they go, all right. Kick it off, man. Go. What, yeah. do you, what do you want to play?
0: Fuck. And I remember you telling me that that first trip we were there. We went to go see you at Tootsie's and you you was like, oh, like, oh, I gotta call in and see you know, what, what time what I'm time playing, I'm playing. Yeah. And where and then and I'd be like, oh, so like, so is your whole band, and you're like, nah, man, I don't even know who my band's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> wait, what? And you're like, no. He's like, no, nah, I don't I don't really know who I'm playing with until I get there. Yeah, until you show up. And I'm like Whoa, whoa, whoa! So your entire band is all people? He's like, yeah, I might not even, I might not even know anyone. Yeah, and I was just like, that. This is some fuckery, like, yeah, that's crazy that it just, that's like that it just rolls like that, and it's. But I guess now being there so much, is you you get it, and you're like, oh, right. duh, yeah.
2: And I remember going there as a tourist, and I would see a band, and they'd be great. And the singer would be like, yeah, hey, this is actually the first time we played together. And I'd be like, bullshit. These yeah. guys are so dialed in and well rehearsed. But that's just, it's totally true. I mean, I've done it a bunch yeah. of times. It's just Nashville. There's, yeah. there's so much talent there. And everyone plays, you know, I do usually five to seven gigs a week normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sing them all. So there's only so much four-hour gigs you can do <laughs> a week yeah. before you lose your voice. But you know, I know friends who are bass bass players and drummers that they do two to three gigs a day. Yeah. Six days a week. So the amount of songs and the amount of practice that they get is unreal. And it's in front of a live audience, so it's a real sink or swim kind of environment. Yeah. yeah. And what I love about it is that in Nashville, I was I remember the first band gig I got booked on too. It was with um another group of guys who I still play with. But I was so nervous. I showed up and I was like shaking. I mean, because these guys, like Bill Cook, the bass player, he played with Randy Travis for a long time. And he used to be Waylon Jennings' bus driver. He's done everything. You know, he- he's super cool. And he's one of the best singers I know too. And I remember telling him and Rodney, the guitarist, I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in so over my head. Like, I-, I shouldn't be on this gig. And they're like, no, man, we heard you do some acoustic stuff. You know a lot of Hank Williams, like, we'll be all right. And I was like, okay. And like, if you have any questions, just holler. We'll back you up. And they were so, so cool, just yeah. so supportive, and um, just mentored me, you know. And that's why I still play with them today, and it's yeah. it's fun now because that was about three and a half years ago, and now we're so dialed in. Like they play with me every week at Johnny Cash's, and it's it's a blast. Yeah, it's awesome. But they uh, they help me out definitely, like big brothers, you know. Very <laughs> very cool. They didn't have to. I was just a yeah. green kid. From California, which is also another thing, we're like, do I do I belong out here? Do I even say I'm from California? Right. There's like this weird thing at first, but I mean, it's where you're from. Just I don't ever. Some people are like, you shouldn't say you're from California. I'm like, I don't care. Merle Haggard's from Cal- California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I'm not gonna lie, make up some story, yeah, about where I'm from or anything. But
0: uh, yeah, you guys are super tight. That's I mean, is that, with this last trip I was there. I was. There, I mean, I was went there at least. Three different times, yeah. And watch, I was just like, Jesus, yeah, so good.
2: And it's cool now that to actually have a place that lets me bring my own band, and you can actually dial in a, a set, yeah, instead of just going off of strictly requests, which is a whole nother conversation. I mean, we could talk about this stuff all day long, but um, you know, you make all your money off your tip jug, right? And then that becomes from requests. So I've done. I can't even tell you how many times that someone will come up, request a song that the band will know. And I've never sang in my life. And the band goes, do it, man. You got it. We'll kick yeah. it off. And they just start going and you just have to do it. <laughs> you just Jesus. have to jump in. <laughs> uh... And sometimes, you know, you fall on your face, Yeah, but you learn you get those first couple out of the way where you just bomb. Yeah. And it's like, I, I listen to a lot of stamp comedians talk about this stuff too, where they're like, you know, they're cutting their teeth in these clubs, even for the big arena tours and stuff that they do. They go in clubs for a long time and just bomb over and over and they learn about what works and what doesn't and you kind of I actually kind of enjoy it you know I kind of get a thrill out of it now like if it's something I've never done and I just bomb with I kind of laugh about it yeah and it's yeah. it makes you feel human you know what I yeah. mean it's yeah. and people enjoy it too if you if you just play it off um you know and you can laugh about it and the audience sees you really trying to pull it off they love that. You know, it's yeah. you're vulnerable, yeah. So, so people enjoy that, which is cool.
0: What well, helps that when you have a band like the band that you have behind you, yeah. too. When you you also aren't worried about like, oh, if I bomb this song, these guys are gonna, you know, they're gonna be pissed or they're yeah. gonna be bummed or whatever. You know that like they're they're supporting you regardless, yeah. Totally. And uh, so you you have that, but and also uh I had a thought too. Is I remember that happened. I think when I was there, someone can't request a song. You, oh man, I don't know that song, and. In Nashville, like, everyone sings. Right. So it's like, doesn't matter what they're playing. They all, And so it's like, the drummer's like, oh, I know it. Like, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, okay, so. Yeah. I, like, oh, well, I don't know it, but he'll and sing it to the, you know. There's a reason, too, that
2: I bring a band where everyone in the band is a better singer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> because, A, it makes me a better singer. And, B, uh, they can help me so much with yeah. singing those songs. Yeah, Tristan, the guy who plays drums with me, um, has his dad was in the Opry for 30 years and he started playing the Opry when he was like 13 years old. He's played with Garth Brooks at the Grand Ole Opry and he's, he's awesome. Awesome dude. But we were playing together for about a month. And then one day I showed up and we were sound checking and I hear someone going, check, check one, two. And I didn't recognize the voice. And I looked back and he had a microphone and I was like, do you sing? He's like, Oh, you know, a little bit. I just figured, we don't have a fiddle player today. I'll, I'll you know, if you need some help I can help you. I was like, Hell yeah, dude. You know, I'm all about you're up there for four hours, so the more diversity you can bring to a set, you know, with different singing and instrumentation, I think it's better. Yeah. Especially if people are sitting there for three hours. I don't you know, I think it's cool to hear different people in the band show off different talents and um he sang a song and he of course was unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you didn't <laughs> You didn't tell me that you were a singer this whole time and oh. I had to learn in sound Soundcheck.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's great. I'm trying to remember what song that was that happened when you were just there.
0: I can't remember. It was something obscure.
2: And it's funny because those, uh, the old school Nashville guys have been doing it for a long time. What they consider bombing or butchering a song yeah. is phenomenal. I mean, it'll be phenomenal. They're like, right. oh man, I was flat on the, second word of the verse. That's one line. I'm like, dude, it sounded awesome, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It was super good, but those are, those are the, the people I've learned the most from in Nashville have always been. Um, and I think they're the most underrated people in the town are the players. Yeah. Like, you know, guys that have been there for played on countless records, been on tour with all these people and they still just play because they love playing. And they're all willing to help you and mentor you if you're not, as long as you're not an asshole Yeah. and as long as you actually care and are trying to learn, you know, they're, they're so, so kind and willing to help you out with anything. I, I, I ask so many questions con- still constantly because they're all so talented and it's cool because they also let you kind of come to your own conclusions on stuff, you yep. know, even like with, with certain singing techniques and things I'm always like nerding out on. You no, know, ask bill, the bass player, he grew up singing gospel and he he sounds like Vince Gill. He's an amazing singer. And He'll just be like, "Man, hey, whatever feels good, dude. Just do what feels good, you know?" And I'll be like, I'll get mad at first, but he does these little things and then, you know, a month later I'll like, "You're figuring it out. You know, you're getting it." And yeah. he'll kind of he won't ever give me some specific weird singing technique. He'll just give me these big ideas. Yeah. To to kind of hang on to and they're always they're always really good.
0: I have always picked up 'Cause every time I come out I always notice like your the, the change in like your the way you're doing things vocally and like you could see different things I can tell you're you've been working on doing this thing because I could see oh, your constantly. face and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I love. I mean I love seeing that. It's so yeah. cool to come and just be like, Holy shit, like you know, like I we played together before you were yeah. out there. So obviously yeah. like, you know, I knew you and at that capacity and then playing five, six gigs a week. Yeah, for a, a year. Full, four hour gigs. Yeah, yeah. And they show up and you're like, oh my God, like dude's killing it. Like cool. Those, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, and then it's like <laughs> four years later or whatever. And and it's like this last time too, I was like, you know, I could see uh like you being very intentional in like the way you're singing. Interesting. And, cool. And uh and I it's something I just picked up on. And I was like, Oh and I was like, Oh, it sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Thanks, I love man. seeing that. Yeah,
2: I still, and I think that's another reason too. I don't get burnt out on the on playing down there ever because I look at it as it's a live practice or yeah. rehearsal. And I didn't start singing singing until you know I was about twenty six or twenty seven. I didn't know what a melody was or mm-hmm. singing notes. I remember someone sat down and showed me a Green Day melody, <laughs> and they're like, "This is how the words fit on notes," and I was like no man, just let, you know, I grew up playing, playing punk rock like you did. And I just screamed for 15 years. (laughs) So it's been this constant and I'll probably, I mean, do this forever, but with everything, I just like am constantly trying to search new ways to get better at things I don't know anything about. And even when I started singing country, I knew how much work I had to do and how late I was to it. But I was like, well, just jump in, (laughs) figure it out, you know, fall flat on your face a few times. But it feels good. Yeah. It's, it's makes you feel like a human. So,
0: yeah. Um, well, as long as we're there too, why don't we touch on like getting to that point? Oh, like, yeah. The early,
2: man. Well,
0: where do I start?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder 100%. Yeah. I was obsessed. I was a skate rat, skated every day in front of my parents' house. If I wasn't there, I'd skate to the skate park or to the, you know, shopping center and just skate around. (laughs) Just like, uh, buy candy bars and skate, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But um, when I was uh, 12, 13, um, I went, I had, went through seven operations on my eye. I'm blind out of my right eye. And I had to get Seven surgeries on my eye, so I was laid out for like two years, and I couldn't skate. I also played a lot of sports, I couldn't play any sports anymore so being like the out I was the total southern California kid, you know surfing skating uh basketball any hockey uh baseball, anything I could do to stay active, I was just always out doing it but um I was thirteen doctor tells you you have to be basically laid out for two years Jesus so. One day, I remember I was watching MTV. I would love to know who it was. I still, I still don't know. It was an old blues guy. And I was just sitting there in the afternoon one day and, and watching TV, and he had a Sunburst uh, Stratocaster. And he was just playing some blues stuff. I don't know who it was. And I was like, Mom, I want to play guitar. And she's like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, I can't do You know, I can't skate. I can't do anything. I want to I play music. And she's like, no. Like, we're God, we're no. not a musical family yeah. just don't bother because no one else in my in my family played any music so she's like nice try whatever you know we'll we'll talk about it in another month because you'll be over it by then because i was doing so many things all the time she'd get overwhelmed with how much you know like i want to be a skateboarder and then a surfer and i want to play baseball so i was all over the place but you know i kept asking about guitar i was like i want to play guitar i want to play guitar and then finally it was about a year later she said uh all right, if you save up your allowance, you know, you can get one. So I went to, I don't know if you remember AMX music and Encinitas. Oh yeah. I think it's still there.
0: I'm not sure. I know it
2: moved, but I went there and I got a hundred dollar, uh, Stratocaster ripoff, Sunburst, exact same looking guitar. <laughs> I saw, I still have it. Yeah. And I actually just fixed it up, which is, which is cool to do. I just fixed it up and been playing it again. But, um, I went down there and just said, I want a guitar, you know, like, I got $110. I saved up my $5 a week allowance for Jeez. a long time. And they gave me, like, a guitar and some crappy little amp, and I went home, and I learned... uh, Like, I didn't learn open chords ever. It was just, like, riffs. Yeah. I wanted to learn riffs. And the first riff I learned was the James Bond theme song.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like I Please tell me back then you were playing James Goldeneye, Bond night yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to think about, like... <laughs> yeah
2: how that happened but I remember I learned that and I was like oh it's on you know I'm gonna start a band <laughs> like how do I sit like the way it's like what me, me and you always talk about like if you're gonna do it just do it like yeah, don't half ass it you know so I started um just learning random riffs and I, I didn't know what I was doing I took I took one or two lessons and um, I had quit right away because the guy I got lessons from he'd say bring in a song you wanna learn And I'd bring it in, and he'd go, cool. He'd listen to it, and I'd sit there and just watch him write out the tab. Yeah. And then he'd go, cool, work on that, and we'll see you next week. Like, what? Yeah, and then this was right when they started putting tabs on the internet. Oh, yeah. So I found that out, and I was like, Mom, these lessons suck. I'm quitting. I'm just going to learn by myself. And that was the last guitar lesson I ever got. But um, I just started learning stuff online, and then in junior high... I got bit by the punk rock bug, man. I just became obsessed with punk rock. I mean, obsessed. Because it was, you know, by the time, this time, my eye surgeries were all done. I could play power chords on the guitar. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I thought I was like, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, I started listening to punk rock. And and it's funny because I think it was, I can't remember which podcast it was that you were talking about. um live records yeah that's what got me so inspired to start playing with a band is and it was i remember it was the pennywise live album Mm -hmm. live at the key club and i remember hearing the crowd and it was i'd never even been to a concert at that point yeah but i heard it and i was like i need to be there (laughs) you know like i need to be a part of this i need to know what they're doing and then um i don't know how the first band even got started i met a couple other guys you know at at that point you're in school and you're just like, Who has a drum set? You know, there's no internet, there's no <laughs> like Facebook. You just kinda ask around, they're like, Oh, this dude does and they're like, I'm a jazz guy, and I'm like Cool. Well I want to do a punk rock band. You want to do it? And they're like, I don't know how to do that. And you're like, well, we'll just get together and make noise and, yeah. and figure it First out. First of
0: all, who's a jazz guy in like seventh or eighth it grade? Like a, it was like a it
2: like a like he was in band like doing oh, he band. was learning music the right way.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm like, just go. You know? I'm like just do that but faster. Yeah, and no, really, faster. really loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um I started a a band in junior high and I remember we started playing open mics and Encinitas. And then that led to, and then I like, you know, once I kind of got a couple of those gigs under my belt, I was like, okay, I want to write songs. And I was 15 and I started writing songs. And then I met a couple and that's when I was like getting really into punk rock. And that's when I got like into, um, like social distortion was like my gateway drug. Mm. You know, they were like, and they're still my favorite band ever. I love them to death. always will. But, um, it's funny because now I think about it, they got me into like country and also more punk rock, you right. know, because yeah. from, from social D in junior high, that's when, you know, I started going down the punk rock rabbit hole and I started getting into like a ton of street punk, like bands, um, like the casualties and, and the unseen and all these, all these guys that like lived in Boston and New York. Um, and it was so fast and so aggressive and I just loved it. Like I'd, I was like the teen angst, like a hundred percent, you know, I, um, I just became obsessed with like that whole, whole genre, and then found a couple guys and started this band. It was called Career Soldiers, and we started when I was 15, and I did that for seven years. Shit, and we went hard, man. I was, I was obsessed. Like we would practice twice a week, started playing shows on the weekend downtown, opening up for bands that were on tour. And I remember when I was 15, uh, we recorded a demo you know got gigs and i remember even getting our first ad, our first out of town gig was in reno nevada which was <laughs> we were 15 <laughs> we couldn't even drive so I, I had to convince my brother to drive uh, us <laughs> to reno <laughs> and he, he was uh i think 17 and my mom oh my poor mom i'm sorry mom but she, i'd be like mom i'm going to reno this weekend she's like what are you talking about paul's taking us don't worry about it we Don't just leave, we it. just leave school, and drive to Reno, and go play some punk rock show for like forty bucks, and then um, we put out a full length. We got and long story short, we got signed to um, one of the guys from the Unseen. He has this record label. It's called ADD Records. And we got signed to his label, and um, the record did pretty well. And we went on tour. We finally got out of high school, and we just hit the road. We did I think seven U.S. tours and Canada tours. And we just were on the road constantly. It was so much fun. I learned so much. It was a blast. I think that's what I really wanted to do as well. While I was so drawn to music was just the travel yeah. and, and getting out and seeing new places. And um, we just hit the pavement hard. But it was wild, man. Those were wild days. I, I look back, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe in my family wild. like let yeah. me leave the house. <laughs> That's what are doing? Yeah, here. I didn't
0: realize that you had started that that band so early.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's funny now because like I said, I'm 34, and people were like, "Man, you changed, dude. Your old band was like so punk rock." I'm like, I was 15 when I wrote those songs. So, like that was <laughs> no over shit, half dude, my lifetime ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm like I'm like, they're like, "Don't you want to play those songs again?" I'm like, "No." Like I <laughs> I did it so long yeah. and and. Uh, and so hard i just got so burnt out on it but we toured a lot and we put on another record um that did pretty well and um went through i we didn't we had the the same lineup we went through one drummer change that was it you know and then i remember uh i got picked up to play bass guitar for the unseen this band from boston they're like my favorite yeah. band growing up i love them and um they helped put out our first record and then they took us on tour to open up. So we became buddies. And they were, I mean, they played like, they're a big Warp Tour band. They did all this like really big stuff and they needed a bass player, which I didn't even play bass. And they're like, do you want to come to Europe with us and play bass? And I was like, I'm down. (laughs) I was like, hell yeah. So they sent me a set list and I remember I sat in my my bedroom and just learned, that was the first time I learned songs by ear. Hmm. You know, I just sat with the bass and I was like, and that's still kind of how I figure out if I'm jamming with someone. I always find the bass note yeah, and then go off that, like if I'm playing lead guitar with it or whatever. But I learned their set list and flew to Boston for one band practice and then we're in Germany the next day playing for seven weeks. And that was wild because we got to play with like, oh man, we played with Rage Against the Machine. We, we played with them, um, Queens of the Stone Age, The Killers, like huge, huge band. We did a bunch of shows over there with uh, Dropkick Murphys. So it was a whole different world of like real touring, like successful <laughs> yeah. touring, I could yeah. say. Yeah. You know, my old band was always we always broke even, which we were yeah. proud of, but we slept in Denny's parking lots every night. Right. We never got hotel rooms. We'd crash in random people's places and uh just camp in parking lots and get kicked or truck stops wherever. Um, but that those trips to Europe were the first time where I got exposed to like the big touring machine that and like kind of a more comfortable side of it <laughs> like actually getting a hotel room each night and on one of those trips is when i decided to kind of break up my band i got home and i just was like i'm over it guys i want to do something different i want to start a rock and roll band and then i mean uh two of the, and two of the guys stuck with me on it hmm. and then we started a band called pass the axe and we had our practice space actually was right up the street next to oh, the royal dive yeah ken lightens yes there is. yeah we do a podcast on that. Dude, that's a whole nother <laughs> yeah. But uh we we practiced this point we had about that practice space with him and then we found out how cheap the actual warehouse spaces were mm-hmm. and we got our own warehouse space. Yeah. And then we recorded there. But um yeah, then I played a rock and roll uh dive bar. You know, we just were like went back to that social distortion thing, you know. We wanted to play rock and roll and just play play bar. At this time we're all old enough to drink. Mm-hmm. Because before, we couldn't even play in bars. We weren't even old enough to to do it. We all had fake IDs for tour. <laughs> yeah, they were awful. They were, I don't know how we didn't get them taken away. But um, We started playing San Diego, and we got to open up for social distortion. That was a, a bucket list moment for me, for sure. And then we did that for... I did career soldiers from like 15 to 21, and then past YACs was from 21 to, I think, 20... I was like 25 or 26 years old and then um everyone it wasn't it was fun man we just we went to california or like up and down california you know we'd go out to like utah and play our buddies' bar out there and wherever we could and then everyone just kind of got older you know it wasn't like it just kind of dissolved yeah and um it was getting harder to like get everyone together for band practice people were getting married and uh it was hard to get people together to record just typical you know growing up stuff it wasn't any any type of like hostility or whatever and then um i somehow had the idea to be like i'm gonna do country stuff (laughs) (laughs) because i always loved johnny cash i was like another social distortion and, and mike ness's solo records that was like my first introduction to some of my favorite music that i i listen to now like religiously that I'm obsessed with, but I was just like, man, that'd be cool. You know, I didn't even have a acoustic guitar until mm-hmm. I was in my late twenties. I just played power chords on a Les Paul, you know, just freaking hard and fast. And, um, I got my first acoustic guitar and, uh, that's when I started learning about like melody yeah. and like open chords, you <laughs> know? Cause before I'd be like fifth fret power chord, <laughs> like, I didn't know what, I didn't know what anything was. So I started learning about open chords, and and that's when I started learning about music theory, and then that just got me obsessed with songwriting. Yeah, like the singer songwriter stuff, and and then Bob Dylan hit me, and then that was just like game over. I was like pointing no return, and that's how I ended up in Nashville. I guess really is through all that.
0: Well, that's when I met you. Was funny. Uh, so I f- at first. I may have actually met you that night, but the first time I had ever saw you was at uh, Casbah, in your oh no way opening for Whitey Morgan, Whitey Morgan, yeah. And I remember because we we were going to go see Whitey Morgan, yeah. And I was just checking out who was on. Cool. I was like, oh, who's this? I was like, I feel like I recognize his name somewhere or something like that. And then we ended up having like mutual friends, and and uh, and you did that show, and then I remember I saw you posted something like you're doing going to do something at the Kraken, mm-hmm. and I think Shane Shipley was had mentioned it, and I was hanging out with Shane, you know, off and on there, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my buddy Jake." I was like, "Oh, we just saw that dude at the fucking no Casbah the other that's night. That's so
2: cool. I didn't know you're at that show. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And uh, it was just a great show. And then yeah, so it was a trip. And that 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 kind of just all like really. And I and that was another thing too is because you by that time, I don't know how long were you doing country music.
2: Not even a year. Yeah. I mean, because I remember I wanted to start doing it, and I got this black acoustic Fender guitar, and I remember I learned um, Good Heart of Woman, and Mamas Don't Your Babies Go To Be Cowboys, and it blew my mind because the both those songs are essentially the same three chords over and over. And I was like, dude, this is like punk rock, man. I could I could learn this. Yeah. Like, I could actually, if I learned the chords correctly, which yeah. was, you know, I had to do that first. You know, I could I could pull this off. So I just buckled down, started learning a couple of those songs, and then um, I I didn't know anyone to record with. I, mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote a few songs, and I was like, I want to do an EP, and you know, that's what everyone does. They're like, I want an EP, <laughs> and I didn't know anyone, so I called up my buddy and said, Will you come? Bring your computer in my garage. I want to play all the instruments. Yeah, and I got um, I think it was three songs or four songs. I don't remember. It's called the Tough Love EP. There's still some floating around there. If anyone has one, it makes a great coaster for your beer. <laughs> but yeah, he came over and um I played the drums myself. I played the bass. I played everything. Cause I, I think I like sign myself up for these projects because it just forces me to like really kick into work mode. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. My my mom would be like, "Why are you doing? Why are you putting yourself through this?" I'm like, "No, but I love doing it. You know, it's fun." And and I did that little EP where I played all the instruments on it, whatever. And then I was like, "I got to have a band." So I went to Craigslist. (laughs) This all sounds nuts, but I went on Craigslist to the musicians. Do people still post that? Um, like gigs. It's like
0: gigs wanted. Yeah, like gigs or bands wanted.
2: And the first thing I saw was a post that said "country singer wanted" for this band out in Santee, and I was like, "This is so bizarre." Like the first, yeah. So I called. I I called the number, and he's like, "Yeah, we do a lot of like top forty country and stuff." And he was telling me about the set list, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool, man," but I don't really, I don't want to learn eighty songs. Yeah. That aren't mine. You know, that was like my first exposure to that like cover uh band kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. I was like, I had I want to do originals and you know, like some whaling or something. He's like, Well, hey man, you sound like cool dude. Why don't you come down and just jam with us? And you know, we'll just see what happens. So I drove down to Santee and I was so nervous because it was like these old country guys and out there that play rodeos and stuff. And um I remember they opened up the garage and they were like I was on time. I'm always on time. And I think I might, I drove from Encinitas, so it was like, I was maybe like two minutes late or something, it was like 5.02. Yeah. And they opened the garage, they're all sitting down at their instruments, they're like, you're late. (laughs) (laughs) I was like,
3: oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I was
2: like sweating, you know, like just drove in traffic for an hour, and I was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, do you guys know Folsom Prison Blues? They're like, yeah. And then we, we played that, and they're like, all right, cool, man, yeah, if you ever like, you know, need a pickup band or something. We're down in a jam. Yeah. And those were the guys that played the Casbah with me. To yeah. Open up with White. Like they were, they ended up being super cool guys. Um, and they played the Belly Up with me and stuff. And that, that was like my first band. I just went into the, the unknown.
0: <laughs> that's so wild, man. It's it's a trip that that's like so much of what people, especially at some point, that's what you used to yeah. do, is just be like, um, i see who's who's around town wants to play. Yeah, uh, you Actually, actually funny. Uh, uh, you know the band Little Hurricane. Uh, um, they're like a local band. Cool. They've done done really well. <clears> they started off as they're, they're a duo, right? Um, uh, and it's they kind of did the same thing. It's like uh, one, the guy had a an ad or something, and then this and the drummer, um, she was looking for someone to play, and they end up living like really close to each other, right? And they started jamming. Awesome. And then it it just became this duo. Like guy girl yeah. band that just blew up, isn't that wild, man? Yeah. Now they're married and have like two kids and really, yeah, it's super trippy.
2: But it's funny it just started out with Craigslist. Yeah, I mean that was because before that it was like you know the sign at the music shop said like, yep. bass player wanted for yeah. a reggae band. Like, call Steve." Yeah, <laughs> <You>
0: know, like... <laughs> it'd be like the thing with, where all the tabs are cut. Yeah, certainly. you know it's like a phone yeah. number. Like <laughs> that was totally
2: it. Yeah, and then I remember I started doing the um, I was playing around town with those those uh guys from Santee and stuff and they were they were great they were just like I started getting a lot more gigs you know started picking up and and they were like hey you know this is fun but we weren't making any money yeah and I remember even that gig with Whitey uh the venue didn't pay us a dime and Whitey paid us out of his pocket because he's awesome and that was like I'll still never it's like you know those moments you're like I'll never forget that that was super super kind of him um but they're kind of like the band. The band I was playing with was like, "Yeah, you know, we're driving an hour and a half to get to these gigs, and like we get a couple beers out of it, which is great. They're like it's great. We love yeah. you, but like if you want to find other guys, you know, we're not mad about it." <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, that's when I started playing at the Kraken, do yeah. Re- revival Mondays, and that's like how I met, you know, you and yeah. and so many other people, and that was such a cool, a cool thing to just meet. All these like-minded people around—they were even so close that I had no yeah. idea. It was kind of like the hub, at least for me. Yeah. Also, I met like David Mills and yep, and all of them. He he came down with his pedal steel, and, and then I ended up playing with him. You know him, yeah. you all—all all those guys. It was great.
0: Well, that's that's when I first started showing up, dude. It's another one of those. I and how many times have it have I told a similar story to this where I show up at a gig and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, dude, how do I how do I convince this guy to let me play drums for him? Right. You know, and it's like one of those, it's like, I I don't know what's going on. I just know that I want the job. That was, yeah,
2: that was one of the first times we played together were those gigs, huh? Yeah. And drums are one of those things where people can, like, either jump up and be awesome, like what you did, just like listen to the song first a little bit, like come in tastefully and, like, listen to the volume of the band, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, actually, like, adapt and, and, uh, and play with the people on stage yeah but i've had other drummers like especially at the, the Kraken, that would come in and guitar players are like is this open, open mic and i'd be like no no it's not, <laughs> not it's not a jam yeah because some guys would come in and be like i'm gonna set up and at first i was like oh cool and they would just be freaking slamming on their drums. Yeah. and i had this little you know tiny pa system yep. for singer songwriter stuff i'm like playing towns van zandt and they're like doing kiss drum solo so yeah away. yeah
0: like oh god yeah. well actually it was, i remember because i i think i had asked about it because i think i was like oh so are you guys doing like trying to get like a full band in at any point you know something like right. that. i was trying to like feel it out and you're like uh it's mostly just an acoustic right thing you know and then after right. we got to know each other a little bit it was like uh yeah dude like bring your kit down yeah, like totally. fuck it and then it slowly turned in and the next thing in every week was like that was so a full fun, band man. it was just different yeah. people whoever showed up was there yeah and like steven and Corey would come and yeah, I oh, remember that. Corey
2: would always, uh, he'd always be working because I'd be like, come oh, yeah. down, dude. Yeah, and he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd like come straight from the sushi restaurant. Yeah, slide in at like yeah. 1130 on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hippie would come down yeah. sometimes. I remember, man, yeah. that was cool.
0: Well, because from the Kraken, it went and then moved over to Booze Brothers.
2: Yeah, see, I was gone. I still haven't been one of those. Oh, wait. I left. Oh, that's left. right.
0: Because that's right. You left. And Shane, then took, Shane over. took over. Shane took over at the Kraken. And then, and then that's when it moved it, like, over to moved to Booze, to yeah. Booze
2: Brothers because I was, I remember I was like. So bummed because I started doing that, and it was so fun, yeah. And then I was like, Oh man, I, mean, I know we were Revival all worried, Mondays. we're like, What's gonna happen? Yeah, I was so, I was like, Yeah, devastated. I'll get the Facebook memory pop up sometimes, yeah. It's like the farewell, like, farewell flyer, i made I'm like, Oh man, that was like so cool, yeah. And now, I mean, Corey's out in Nashville, Graham's out in Nashville, yep. Hopefully, you soon, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can drag you I'm out there, making but... any confirmations on the internet to have people hold me by, <laughs>
2: but yeah it's cool i like seeing too what everyone's still doing here it's it's awesome i don't you know and it's kind of a bummer because well especially this year every time i've come home there's not any because of covid there's not really any yeah any gigs happening the normal stuff but whenever we do come home we always try and go to booze brothers or yep something just to to see what's going on i like seeing all the um like all the guys i used to hang with too that play in like psych rock bands and stuff Mm -hmm. they're they're awesome like they're always working on new projects like going to Europe and stuff. I always like to see what they're doing as well. But San Diego's great, man. There's there's a ton of good music here.
0: There is a lot of good players. Yeah. The community's grown a lot, which has been a really cool thing. Um, it's been at least from my experience, it's grown to be a really tight knit That's awesome. Supportive yeah. kind of like a lot of camaraderie and, and uh people trying to find creative ways to kind of build each other.
2: Yeah. And kinda of yeah, raised, it, seem, it, seemed, the tides. it seemed like even um, I when I left, it was about four and a half years ago. Like the Americana thing really started picking up out here too, which yeah. is great. I think it helps too. I mean, you would know more than I I would, obviously, but there's so many more like kind of cool breweries opening up and in mm. different places that welcome the idea of live music. <laughs> Where before yeah. it was people were like, live music, ugh. You know, yeah. it was such a...
0: The markets change for it, yeah. for sure. Um, I would say that like San Diego being obviously like the craft beer right. hub. And then all of these beer companies found like a loophole as far as opening up like a place to serve their alcohol. Right. And being able to have these warehouse spaces. And by having a warehouse space in your own and serving in your own facility, as long as you're just serving your own beer, you didn't have to have like a full liquor license. Oh, gotcha. So all these places kind of figured that out. And so now all these breweries open up, and they all have you know these yeah. huge facilities, and and so many of them have just piggybacked on that. Like, well, let's fucking do music. Yeah, it's great, and because it's someone either involved in the brewery or some aspect of it, they're either in a band right. or their friends are in bands, and it just becomes a thing. Yeah. We just kind of like
2: or they have band practice in their brewery. Yeah, like, yeah, it's totally one of those things. But I remember uh, Booze Brothers was like the first place I played it like that, where I just I loved it. I yep. was like, this is. Like this works, you know, yeah, so I'm not, well. yeah. you know, I'm sure you've done those plenty of the gigs too where they're like, oh yeah, you guys are on at 1 a.m. and it's Wednesday and you're like, oh man, like you don't even know what time you're going to play till you show up, and yeah. you show up at seven o'clock. Yeah. You guys are on at one, you're closing. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, I'm down in San Diego playing at one o'clock to the bartender <laughs> and then, you know, just, but whatever, it's a gig. It's, it's fun. But the, I love the brewery stuff cause they're like, Oh, we're doing like after work crowd, yeah. like from five to eight. So, good. and I'm like, yes, dude. And there's people there that actually, you know, cared about the music yep. and and um would listen, you know, and like actually like buy a CD or something yeah. like that. And that that was really cool. And they see. pay. Yes,
0: that's the other side. Is it's like you can go do this gig and play for three hours with your band, and everyone's going to walk away with money. Yeah, and the best part and is some beer. That, it's yeah, like beer and beer awesome
2: yeah they'll give you a growler <laughs>
0: yeah all right
2: <laughs> one time i broke a whole growler on the way home to um, one of those gigs in my truck it's like <laughs> covered in beer <laughs> uh
0: but and what's cool is that with the like you said the time it's like oh you're playing from five to seven or you're playing from five to eight yeah and it could be a friday night and you're gonna go play that gig and make some money and it'll be cool and then you could be like cool i'm gonna leave that gig and now i'm gonna go play the gig that doesn't pay right To you know a packed bar, right. you know, my favorite local dive yeah. bar or whatever it is, which yeah. is cool is like to be able to facilitate that. And it's like, you know, you could talk about that and be like, oh no, wait, where's that happening? You'd be like, an oceanside. You're yeah. Like, wait, what?
2: And that's it, yeah, we, I was I lived up here. That yeah. after, you know, I was I was in Oceanside in Carlsbad. Um like when I got to high school I moved up to Carlsbad and Oceanside. I was always yeah. living up here and then it was great to be like, wait, I don't have to drive downtown at five <laughs> o'clock to wait at a bar to play for 30 minutes at one o'clock in the morning. So yeah. it's cool. It seems like I, just looking from afar in Nashville, it's it's really cool to see all the new places opening up and welcoming acoustic stuff, band stuff, whatever.
0: Yeah. But still, it's, it's, it is dynamically. You, and again, I say all that, like, oh, we got all this stuff going on. It's really cool. And it is so dynamically different every time I go to Nashville. Oh, for and I'm sure. Always, like, yeah. The same yeah. shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the. <laughs> The mecca. I mean, it's yeah. That's like ground zero yeah. of it all. You know, everything's done there from from songwriting to recording to live gigs. And it's it, cool about that town is that there's so many different routes you can go within music that I didn't know. I, I didn't even know. To me, you know, I was thought even to make a music, uh, make a living as a musician or an artist, you were either dead broke you know, living in your van, yeah. which I did, or you're selling out arenas. Like there's no real, real right, class. Or the other, yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the general, yeah, like perception of like what it is being a quote musician for a living. But in Nashville, like there's so many different things you can do and you can actually make a comfortable living and survive and like pay your bills. Like I never thought you could just play live music in the same town <laughs> and, and pay your bills, but I've been doing it for, for four years now and it's, awesome i love it i could do it forever and be like yeah it's great i love that go home and record stuff in my house and yeah and mess around with that and still do my own thing yeah. but then go play live well, that's what I i've want.
0: always appreciated your perspective on um th- those gigs like the working gigs and like the, right. the the downtown gigs um i remember at least early on you would talk about how you'd have people and they'd be like how that like i like how do you like bring yourself to do that or like, right. you know, cause people in, who are like more of that artist centered right. kind of ideology are like, I'm not going to go play these cover songs for four hours or right go sing, you know, whatever. And they kind of would look down on that. And uh, I remember you talking about it and, and you were just like, well, I got to work. Yeah. And I'd rather have be guitar like, in my so, hand. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to go yeah. stand there with a the guitar and sing Five days a week, four days, whatever it is, and play with all these legendary dudes who are like mentoring me. Yeah. And doing that. It's like, or you can go, like, what are you gonna do? Go bust tables?
2: Yeah, which I've done, I've done all wash dishes, I've done all that yeah. stuff too. And I'm like, You can make more in Nashville playing gigs and, and you know, yeah, have certain guys like give me flack for for playing downtown, like, oh, you're you're like a Broadway guy or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're and tables or whatever. And I'm like, they're talking shit on what I'm doing for a living, and I'm like, I'm playing Merle Haggard songs with Merle Haggard's bassist. Like, if there's something wrong with that, I don't. Whatever, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm totally cool. I'm totally pumped on. Yeah. On on just learning. Like, I just want to learn as much as possible from all those guys because they're so good and they're, they're wizards, man. Like, yeah. They can pick up songs in a second. They know how to play together. They know when to lean in, when to lean back off things. They're just it's unbelievable, but yeah, it's, it's a good position to, to be in, man. I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky that I, I met those people and that they're willing to play with me because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my favorite job. I feel like since I've moved to Nashville, I haven't had a job, Yeah, you know, which is, which is pretty awesome.
0: Well, and it, it, um, it leaves you so much freedom right? too, in the sense that you can go do that and it's a four, sometimes five hour gig you know but at no. the worst case scenario you know you've spent 4 or 5 hours playing music yeah and then now you have yeah you know 16 other hours of your day yeah to go exactly. do your own music or to go do you know yeah uh whatever else you want like the, it, it allows that freedom because you're obviously able to make a living off of that allocated time
2: yeah and i always i'm obsessed with autobiographies like yeah. i've read a lot of autobiographies from a lot of different um, singer songwriters and bands and like guys like Waylon and stuff and what I found was they all the most common thing I always saw was they were like we literally gigged every single chance we could mm-hmm. like till our hands bled like every day you know they'd pick up these residencies at certain bars that were like we want to hear six nights a week and that's what they did and that's how yeah. they got that's how they found their sound and that's how they got good so I kind of took a lot from those books that I would read and be like Okay, I'm just gonna do that. Yeah. Cause I'm not gonna be like I'm gonna be selective and like pick the right I was like, you got a gig? Bring it, man. Let's rock. Like, let's do it. I wanna get better and kind of use it. It's like we were saying earlier about trying to evolve and grow and learn new techniques. It's it gives you a platform in front of a live audience to try things that you haven't done before, which I think is so valuable. Yeah. Which is cool, but it's it's even crazy too in Nashville you know, artists like like um like Josh Headley and like Lily May and stuff they're still down like mm-hmm. playing Roberts and, and Layla's and stuff. They're still doing it. It's it's wild to see people go like have a successful artist career yeah. on a label, you know, and yeah. do all this cool stuff and they're still down there playing. It's, it's come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's or, or just in
0: their off time yeah. and then on tour. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's rad that um so much of that allows for that flexibility too. Because everyone's yeah. doing it. Everyone's in it. Yeah. So it's kind of a understood thing. It's like uh, we don't we don't expect that you're going to be here for five years straight. You know, we know right. that you 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 know this is this is your job for the day. Yeah. You know,
2: everyone's bouncing around too. go on the road, come back, recording, doing whatever. Yeah. Which, by the way, the place looks great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> for those listening, me and Dolly have yeah. both recently become obsessed with recording.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it has been.
2: It's expensive habit.
0: It, it, it <laughs> it's is. the best. I yeah, love it. I prefer not to talk about that, that side of it, because <laughs> I know my wife will be listening. Dolly's to wife this. is yeah, Megan. If you're yeah. listening, she's gonna right now. It's for your future. You cannot hear it, but I hear it. She's saying, "God damn it, Dolly." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I love you. Um, but yeah, yeah, you definitely being a, at your place this last trip. Some like so, saw some of your rig and like stuff you were doing, and then it yeah. just kind of spiraled me into all these ideas.
2: Yeah, and it's weird too. I I think about why I got so into it because I've never been like a a gear nerd, you know. Even right. with like with guitars or amps, I'm always pretty basic, you know. Like, oh, that guitar sounds great. Uh, I want that guitar. Yeah. It sounds good. Like, it doesn't really matter what the model is or anything, but. You know, I can't dissect a guitar. I can't tell every piece of wood that's on it. You know, I know the basics. Obviously, I've been playing guitar for a while now, but some guys, I'm. I like, laid like talk about it, and it's almost like a foreign language, like yeah. some of the stuff they're saying. But with recording, I just like. Took to the. I love the gear. It's like we were saying earlier. I just. I'll watch like comparison videos on YouTube like mic comparison videos for like
0: hours (laughs) hours into the night (laughs) hours (laughs) listening to them like a b yeah a b between stuff like and i'll rewind it it, watch it again i'll
2: be like well, like i don't know but
0: is that one worth the extra i can't (laughs) 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 but what's cool and
2: what i've noticed is that because i've gotten so into recording it's made me want to write more yeah and now like when you kind of get um like I love recording. I love being in the recording studios, and I, I love, you know, just I love everything—the soundboard, the compressor. I love this—the feel of like a good recording studio. It's it's great. Some people have anxiety attacks, but I love it. Yeah, me too. So now that I have the ability to do basic, and I did that uh, album earlier this year, just in my house mm-hmm. by myself, and like once I was able to, I, I saw that I could do that, then I was like, oh man. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, sky sky is the limit, and that's yeah. where it gets dangerous as far as fine gear and mics and stuff. But yeah, it makes me it makes me write more because I can kind of work backwards. Mm-hmm. Like now, you know, before you start writing a song, you don't really know what's it's going to go. Where now, it's like I'll I'll like think about a certain a certain preamp or a certain microphone and what guitar sounds good with it. And I'll be like, oh, you know what would sound? And then I'll I'll go backwards from it. Like, I'll think of the finished product first. Reverse engineer it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, yeah, exactly. Reverse engineer it, which is something I've never done before.
0: Yeah. That's true. It's it's
2: a whole new technique, but it's cool. So
0: it's so rad living in a time where we can do that ourselves. Right. That we have all of it at our fingertips. It's another thing where I'm just shocked that anyone can still come up with an excuse to not do something at this point mm-hmm. in time, because literally YouTube university, anything, man. dude, anything you want to do, you can literally fucking do yourself. If mm-hmm. you're willing to do it like, yeah. And you don't even have to spend a lot of money. You could start basic, right. And still do a lot. And yeah. with the internet at your fingertips and programs that are right there, that are accessible, that are user friendly, that are mostly intuitive and like, yeah, obviously nothing's going to take away from, you know, a million dollar studio. Right. Like yeah, that I mean, is still always going to be what it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day. And when, when we
2: can afford it, we'll be there.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. yeah. Just just to be able to be there. It's yeah. like at that point too. Yeah. But but that's something that I learned and the value, like, and I've just always been that way. If I can find a way to do something myself. Right. Fuck. Like I will go down that, that path hard to remove me having to lean on anyone. If I don't have to lean on anyone, that's where I feel like the most free. Yeah. And so like with like with my space doing that little little by little, it's like okay, so I'm playing in all these bands and I'm constantly having to rehearse. Right. And it was like all right, well, if I can have a space where I can have my drums set up all the time. Yeah. And I don't have to go take them and break them down and Set them up, break them down. Yeah. Set them up five days a week for rehearsals or whatever it is. It's like that's kind of how it started. It's like fuck, okay, I can do that, you know. And then like, well, I want to be able to record like these little ideas. And then it became like, well, how do I record? Like, we're gonna be in here. <laughs> like fuck, that. I could just reco- I could just record our rehearsals.
2: I love the process. Yeah, you know, it's progress. like
0: okay, well, now so to do that, well, I got to have at least a few mics for that. Yeah, and you're like, well, fuck. Now if I just get this one mic, like the vocals will sound so much yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> you know. okay now what about the you know so it just becomes that thing but it really does it gets to a spot where eventually over time you can completely make yourself self-reliant right think about how many dope records have been done all my favorites dude yeah. that are just like simple and they've been done with like a couple mics
2: yeah my my favorite and I was um, that album I did earlier this year when I got asked about it you know people were like what made you want to do this and I would always credit uh Bruce Springsteen Nebraska record, yeah. which is still one of my all time, I think it's just genius record. And he recorded that on a mm-hmm. four track by himself. So like that. And then um John Moreland. Yeah. Who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize I listened to him for years and I didn't realize he did his own uh his first few records he did himself. Yep. You know, he'd have a couple friends come in and do stuff from what I from what I understand. Um but it was mostly him. I remember I was on the airplane listening to a a podcast
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he's like yeah i found out about the sm7b which we're talking into right now and i just kind of started setting it up and recording songs yep. and then the switch went off in my head and i was like okay as soon as i'm getting back i'm getting <laughs> one of those microphones i'm getting interface <laughs> Yep. you know i'm gonna start going down that that route but that was what's cool even when you i saw you were starting to do the podcast I, lo- I love i love everything you do because i'm like i watch from even just being in nashville like you'll get an idea with something and it goes, What's well, this out of the gates, man, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, even with the podcast, it's yeah. like, you started it and I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool to watch Evolve and now it's like a full, legit setup with like, great mics like, and we're in this awesome space. It's so cool and it happened what?
0: Like, overnight two months but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i mean how many pretty much yeah i'm trying to think of when you aired yeah f- what's funny is I, I started doing and i did the first i wasn't sure if i was going to do video or not and I, right. I and i start. i was like at the last second with hollander so i was like fuck it i'm just gonna record it yeah i was like i just want to make it accessible that way it's just there I yeah. no one fucking watches it that's fine but it, that way i've just i did it and it's there and yeah. maybe sometime you know whatever it'll just be like a placeholder and uh I was doing it and I was just using the the lighting I have in here, which is a very warm light um uh like some market lights uh just for my general lighting in here and didn't do anything special and I used the I had a sm seven that I had yeah. bought for probably recording mm-hmm. Ashley at one point and right. another. So they weren't even matching it was all this stuff and then it was like okay okay now i need to get another one of those SM7s. yeah and then it was like okay well how can i My okay well if i can add this so i can do that and i remember i was fucking around trying to figure out lights and i got these little tiny ass led lights right and i was like all right i'm gonna try and record this one with these lights and it was fucking terrible but i remember you were like dude like like oh i'm gonna miss the warm like janky seven yeah <laughs> that's why, uh, one of
2: the reasons I love being a friend because I know you're the only people I can like like talk shit on your comment and I know that you know I'm just totally kidding and I'm yeah. like so like pumped on what you're doing but I can just drop that like I know you're gonna laugh and not be like Jake's an asshole <laughs> you
0: know what I mean no I was like half expected almost it was great yeah but but it's
2: cool man because that's like that is the beauty of I mean really this whole conversation we've had is just, just like just dig in man like yeah. Double Get down. your hands dirty. Just whatever you got, you got an iPhone and a mic. Yeah. Like start a podcast. Yeah. You know, go for it. If you don't yeah. have a mic, use your cell phone. Like yep. there's there's a, a a way to do it, and it's been cool to just in it's in so little time. Ta- little time, it's evolved. I mean, you yeah. are interviewing Pete in Nashville at a studio. Like yeah. that
0: was so cool. Already right, came back
2: and you were Dude, like, a, I was honestly, like, that it's was one of those so things cool.
0: where like I've never had bigger imposter syndrome. Right than like halfway through that conversation with Pete. Interesting. Because I'm just sitting there, and here's what I'm thinking, is that I'm realizing that the conversation, because I'm doing like what I'm doing with you, so, like I'm just, I'm just interested in the conversation. Right. I'm less interested in the content as far as how deep it can go or like how yeah. intellectual it can go or whatever. But I'm sitting there with someone who like, In his studio, which is like this epic spot, who's a wealth of knowledge on all of these things that are very technical that I have no idea about. So like I'm directing kind of this conversation with him just to have a conversation with him, but acknowledging that I also want to like tap into like his world. But I have such a shallow like understanding of his world. You know, so for people who typically would be interviewing someone like him, like they're gear nerds totally they're super fucking nerds and they like what they're looking to get out of him is so much deeper or so much further down a rabbit hole that i don't even know exist and so it was about halfway through that conversation and about two glasses of tequila (laughs) that i was just like dude what the fuck am i doing sitting here like he started sweating needed, a little bit, and kinda, like, and I was like, "Dude, I I better start thinking of some like really good questions to ask or something." Yeah, like you know, I just and and being like, I want to make sure I can get everything out of it. But yeah, super wild, super crazy. That was one of the crazier.
2: But I think what was cool, I when I listened to that interview, I mean, the vibe I got is, um, and obviously, don't want to speak for either of you, but you can, you can. T- I'm guessing he gets asked about those yep. super nerdy gear talk stuff. All, all the time, the time. so yeah. it was super cool to have like just a refreshing even when you're You can you just explain to people what mastering is yeah was great because i mean yeah. it's something that so many bands and people don't do or skip over yeah and to just hear someone like that explain it and break it down was awesome i yeah. mean just reassuring yeah. and yeah and, and good for people to hear well
0: and that's kind of what i i also acknowledging that like that's not the, the gear nerds aren't my right my Market people, yeah. and not that I have a market, but they're just not the general people that are. Yeah, um, and so that that was definitely. You're not going
2: to talk about EQ for no an hour and a half. Also, I can't because <laughs> <laughs> I'd literally be like, "Oh yeah,
0: totally." <laughs> yeah. Uh, One day we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, so it was that was a. Uh, I was really super fortunate. Yeah, that was such killer. a cool dude. Such down to earth, just genuine, nice dude. Super cool. Super fortunate to have cross paths and remain in contact with him.
2: I'm see I'm interested to see what. I'm interested in a year from now, where this podcast will be at. What you'll be doing?
0: <laughs> I don't even. That's wild to think about. Yeah, don't I? I don't think about
2: that. Hopefully, there'll be normal live gigs again.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, so I obviously have to ask in the middle of COVID, but how has all of that been for you all out there? And I know it's 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 different. California is a different world. Yeah. It's a different planet, seemingly, than the rest of the country. But I know that you guys kind of had some of your own. And especially with, you know, you and Megan both had COVID at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah we got it in October. Um, I mean, like everywhere, it's the whole thing has just sucked, you know, especially yeah. for anyone in entertainment, whether it's, you know, theater, uh, musicians, bands. I mean, I know tons of friends in Nashville who are live sound engineers that have been out of work all year or, uh, you know, recording engineers, whatever, stage techs. Yeah. And um, I've kind of lucked out though, as far as work. We were shut down from. I remember March fifteenth was my last gig, my brother's birthday, and then um, they sh- they closed downtown down, which I didn't think was possible. I remember hearing about it and being like,
0: "That is a fucking locomotive train just running." Yeah, so just I to just shut that thing down. Is like,
2: I I couldn't believe it, and it was supposed to be for ten days, and then yeah. it was like, okay, another week. And then it was like a month and people were freaking out, you know, because at this time there wasn't really any unemployment set for people. Mm-hmm. There was like music cares and these organizations that were a huge help, like to me and a lot of other people in Nashville. But I lucked out because in June, Johnny Cash has opened back up because it's it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. quote unquote. It's, I mean, there's bars, but it's um, majority of their business is food. So they've been open since the middle of June and I've been playing there um 3 4 days a week yeah since so the the downside is that it's half you know sometimes quarter capacity half capacity so there's way less people um you know there's no dancing you have to wear a mask if you're walking around all, all the normal rules mm-hmm. that are pretty standard everywhere but the upside is I've kept a job through all this and I'm so grateful yeah, <laughs> yeah because you know that that place literally saved my ass totally. Yeah. And some of the guys in my band too, you know, like kept us afloat. And even when, um, the shutdown was, was happening in the beginning of summer, they kept feeding all the uh, bands and bartenders. Mm-hmm. They would open the kitchen and do like takeout orders for free no for the whole family. Yeah. They were amazing. So I, I'm a forever loyal to that place. I love, I love wow. them. That's super cool. Um, that, that was great. But yeah, we, uh, me and my girlfriend got it and, october some places are um i mean we don't there's no way to tell where you got it i don't know you could have a million conversations but i know people have gotten it from all sorts of different different spots but um some places are more relaxed
3: yeah Yeah. you know i'm sure they're out here too you know there's places where
2: you're like wow this was like nothing happened like yeah. nothing happened here there's no right. not even a pandemic going on but um we got I- it
0: I.e., it- last night when we were at dinner
2: yeah but even then there's- so there's people like we're <laughs> wearing masks like yeah yeah i played out in in cookville in tennessee and this isn't even where i got it from but i showed up to this gig and we parked and we looked around and like there was not a mask anywhere yeah. there was no uh, this, the bartenders didn't have the bar was open. Bartenders, people were dancing. It was like no, COVID never happened. Yeah, it was just like small town USA. Um, and I played the gig and went home and was was fine. Luckily, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not here to say anything was right or wrong or who should and should be doing it. like it's not my place. But um, I did get it in uh, October, and that, they make you take off mandatory two weeks of work. Yeah. But it. It sucked for me. Um, My girlfriend didn't have symptoms as bad as I did. She like kind of lost taste and smell and was like fatigued and had like a slight cold. But um, I was out, dude. (laughs) I was like, it knocked me on my ass. Yeah, I was out for. At first, I thought I had the flu. This was like right when flu season was starting to hit. Oh god! And I didn't have the COVID symptoms. I wasn't coughing. I didn't have a fever or the typical COVID symptoms. So, um. I was just super dizzy and tired, and I, I, I finally, I was like, I need to get tested. Just, I feel so nuts, you know, crazy. So I got tested. and It was positive, and then I was out for, for three days. I didn't leave my couch. I mean, I, I was, I was spinning like, yeah. like
0: when drunk and have the spins. Oh God, that's my nightmare.
2: Dude, it was terrible. So I was just <laughs> and you're like,
0: and "You're like, fuck!" I'm not even drunk. This is yeah. Ter- it, I
2: mean, I <laughs> people were like, "Oh, just drinks, you know, drinks whiskey, whatever." I'm like, yeah. I don't even want. I was I drank so much water. Uh, I already drink a lot of water. I was like a camel, dude. Yeah, because <laughs> I was sitting there with my legs up on the couch with a cold washcloth on my head for three days, just riding it out like any spins. You know, yeah. you're just like try to get to shore, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, like me every Friday night yeah seriously and then that I'm like is God is this just the worst hangover is he <laughs> is he punishing <laughs> me but uh, um, I finally and then you know that turned into congestion and taste loss and then crazy fatigue I mean I it took probably a month before I felt like my normal energy was back and um, I had a dry cough that was really really annoying because it yeah. wasn't it would just be like wheezing in the yeah. morning and at night. It was every morning, every night. I would just start like dry coughing, but it sucked. It's it's real. <laughs> People out there were like, <laughs> we were like, don't think it exists. Still, and I'm like, I definitely had it. It, yeah. it sucked. Just please be careful and take care of each other. Just be nice to each other. Seriously. Like, just be nice and be careful. But luckily, yeah, it's been to answer your question which was like 20 minutes ago. Sorry, but um, it's been, I mean, Nashville as a whole has struggled big time. Cause I mean, the whole city is built on music and, right. and live entertainment and bars. So there's been a ton of um, protests on, on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Like people protesting to shut bars down. There's people protesting to open the bars. You know, there's just, it's like, every, I feel like everywhere is just so split, but it's been, now that it's been open for a while and it's, from what I understand, it's staying open still. Mm-hmm. All the bars are back up open again and they're following all the rules and being careful for the ones they're supposed to. But who knows? I just, I mean, I I honestly just stay out of it. I just do what I'm, yeah. whatever the bar's rule is, I, I always, I mean, like, anyway, I just respect any rule, any business I walk into, if especially if they're paying me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I want to be respectful of, of what they're doing and we just be grateful to be working yes <laughs> like you know i have friends i'm sure you have plenty of people who haven't played since march mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still playing five days a week so i'm um, super super grateful i lucked out for sure
0: yeah that's rad i i appreciate kind of their perspective that they've they've taken on it i was because i was looking into it before i came out right because before i was getting ready to come out and things were kind of Seemingly on the rise, and just yeah. not really knowing. And I, I knew where California was headed, and so I wasn't really sure what was going to happen out there. I didn't want to show up and be, no offense, locked in your house for a week. Yeah, I don't think you guys. I don't like you that much either. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I don't think you guys want to be locked with me for a week either. So <laughs> uh, another thirty pack Coors Light, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that would have lasted a day. So. <laughs> oh man! But I So the the perspective that I I got is that um they basically said like hey. Businesses like when people are in establishments and the majority of them are following the rules, like we feel like people are have a safer chance in a dynamic where they know they're being distanced, right? And they know that they have to wear a mask when they're doing that versus when they're left to their own devices outside of that. So, let's say we shuttle this down, people aren't going to not be around each other, right? They'll find a way they're going to find a way they're going to do it more loosely. So, allowing people to be able to work and allowing businesses to continue and giving and allowing people from out of states to come spend their money mm-hmm. and do it in a way that's distance and all that. It seems like they've just kind of like, hey, look, it, this isn't where we're seeing the problem.
2: Yeah, what's interesting is that the main problem people had that worked downtown was that, and myself included, was when things were closed. You know, if it was going to be closed for the a year, yeah. they just wanted to know so they could go get a job at the grocery store or you know. But every week they'd say, next week I think it's going (laughs) to open back up. Yeah. So hang tight. So everyone was hanging tight week after week after week after week. And it's like, you know, and people love their job. You know, everyone, even I have bartender friends who love bartending. That's, you know, they've worked really hard to get good bartending shifts and they make good money and they love the places they work. And same as bands. It's like, I see a lot of friends in Nashville who are like, please stop messaging me saying to shut up and get a real job. I've worked my whole life playing music. I finally have a job doing it. Yeah. I'm not going to quit when next week things are supposed to open back up. You know, right. it was
0: going to lose potentially lose that. Yeah.
2: And I mean, I also have, I understand the other side of it because I have friends who were on ventilators for yeah. weeks at a time and it was, it was awful. And I mean, I had it, it was, I didn't have it nearly as bad as some of the people I, I personally know, but, you know it's it's dangerous it's real yeah. so it's it's just tough man it's a tough situation for
0: for everybody what i don't what i don't understand is what's why is it so tough for people to say exactly what you just said is that oh yeah i get why you would want to be open and also i also i get why someone would want to take it so seriously Yeah, and why it's so hard for people to go this is complicated and there's a lot of variables involved and like yeah why can't i care about everything yeah. Why is it that I have that's to... Always, that's the part that's hard is everything has been a state of choosing... You're
2: this or you're that. Yeah. And it's like, man, I'm so tired. I'm like so tired of, of seeing that and hearing that. And yeah. I mean, every every individual is has different circumstances. No one human being is the same and they all right. have different family members that they got to take care of. They all have different illnesses they have to worry about. I mean, everything... Everything is depends on the circumstances you know what i mean for for each individual person so that's why i don't ever get on the internet and start bashing anyone for anything because i don't know what they're facebook going boring. Through. yeah yeah that's the best word of <laughs> facebook warring i just don't like i'll i'll have a conversation with my friends and family about it i'd I love to and i love to hear out you know all sides of things mm-hmm. and so i can build a better understanding and be just a better person wherever i'm at sure you know whether i'm going to see my friend in the hospital or going to a bar to play right you know, and some people were like are you mad you know you probably got it from a bar aren't you mad i'm like no because i woke up that day and decided to go in there and play like i knew the risk if that's where i got it from which i'm just assuming i did get from one of the bars i played at, i don't know but um i'm a grown man i made that decision yeah. to walk to go do it. i knew the risk and uh, that's What do I have to be mad about? Yeah, I'm I'm just grateful that I didn't have any long term effects, or um, you know, that I survived it. Because there are, I know people who have also passed away from it, Mm. and people who are losing loved ones, and it's horrible. But I also know people who want to work because they have to feed them their kids. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's weird. It it is weird too. Being here in California, seeing how much different it is compared to Mm -hmm. to. the south in in general and there's some places in the country who you know they're still just wide open and yeah some places are shut down which is it's wild man i don't know i don't know what the answer
0: is (laughs) yeah i don't know it's in dude right now out you know out here in california for anyone that's not here or you know is not aware but uh everything is quote unquote locked down right you know it's been a thing where it's in a it's in a quarantine shutdown yeah. But it's been, which, and then it like, it's shut down, and then the strip clubs are suing the state, and some judge decided to overrule the lockdown and say, you know, actually, businesses can open. And, yeah. then, and then two days later, they go, just kidding. Everything's got to shut down. Right. And then uh, and you have a lot of businesses who just built all these outdoor. And spend so and much money, so, so much yeah. money doing that, and they're um and I have friends that are some are restaurant owners, and uh and they've basically collectively have band together to say hey, you know, we based on our understanding and we want to create a safe environment, but right. they're like we can't do this, like we you know I own a restaurant and you know they are not I but they're saying you know they own a restaurant and you know we tried to do the takeout thing and the to go orders and. You know, we made two hundred dollars on a Monday or Tuesday, right? Yeah, you know, and then we just and we're like, we can't, the, the business can't stay open, and our employees are fucked. Like, that's just not going to work, you know. And out of a out of a reaction to that reality, not a political statement, but I just said, we're going to open, and we're going to do it safely, yeah, and we're going to follow all the guidelines Let and do all make those things. Their own decisions, and, and our employees that don't want to or who aren't comfortable, will allow them to be furloughed and yeah, that's fine. The, yeah. And, and the ones that do, well then they'll, yeah. they'll come in and work. And because a lot of people will go, well, that's unbelievable what you're making your employees do. And you're like, yeah, I'm making anyone do anything. Right. But you know, then they open up on a Wednesday and they do $11,000 in, in restaurant sales. And now the uh, state of the city's coming in, they're giving cease and desist letters. Gosh, man. And they're saying, you guys got to close down or you're going to be fined $1,000 a day, every day you're open. And they go $1,000 a day. I made I'll stay $500 <laughs> on Monday and Tuesday or and I made ten eleven thousand 11000 on a Wednesday. I'll take the $1,000 fine. Right. Like I I I got to pay a, if I got to pay $1,000 a day to stay open and allow my employees to work. They'll do it. And yeah. to survive. There's bars
2: fuck it. There's bars in Nashville that do that just with like capacity rules. Yeah. They're like we don't care we'll pay the you know yeah. which is is wild to think about. Yeah. The it's same interesting. thing, yeah. In uh in Nashville too, that was a huge I remember it was mid summer when it was like lockdown extreme. And um it became everyone became aware that strip clubs were open the whole year. Like yeah. they never shut down. The strip clubs just stayed open and it was a it was a huge thing, you know. Yeah. Especially uh female singers out there in Nashville were like Fuck it. I so the, <laughs> 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 Oh, they're like, I can yeah. I can legally go on stage and yeah. get completely naked and have people throw dirty money at me. I mean
0: cash. My money's clean. But
2: <laughs> but I can't go sit on a stage on a bar stool and sing. Right. Like there's Yeah. This is I don't know. That part Does has add been
0: up. an interesting play. Like at San Diego, Cheetahs and um uh Pacers, I think it are, they're they're one of those ones where they've been really fighting, like figuring finding ways like how are we gonna stay open? And at one point in time, it was like, yeah, everything's got to be shut down, except for the strip clubs. And it's like so many people are Man. like, do I got to put a pole in here <laughs> yeah. just for my business to stay open? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, fuck. You well, know? Yeah. Nothing surprises me this yeah. year. It's also, just... do I got to go to the strip club just to get a meal? Yeah. You know, like, what's yeah. it, it going to take? And it says, and there seems to be no rhyme or reason um, to it, other than it just becomes such a political thing. And, and California is very interesting on that dynamic. But yeah, that's a whole nother...
2: Thing. I would say all, all I know... It's like that old Operation Ivy song. All I know is that I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't know how know yeah. well, the answer is I don't know. I don't know what, what the I know what I see every day and you yep. know, I, I just try and be be nice and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want anyone's business to go under. I don't want anyone to get sick either. It's yeah. it's like I don't know what the answer is, but it's it's tough to I, I just I hate seeing people so so divided. And yeah. so angry at each other facebook warring and it's like we always say we're like i, I don't know one person has been like you know what i felt really strongly about this issue and then someone talked shit on my facebook and i completely changed
0: like, i'm a new man yeah i'm a new man like like man you really had a good point yeah wow <laughs> mr wow. you know so-and-so from high school 20 yeah. years ago
2: I feel like it's mostly people just want to hear their same opinion repeated back to them is what they're looking for.
0: It is funny because you see that and I've noticed that I don't spend uh, much time on Facebook, but I will notice that you have people and um, they comment and their comments will show up in your feed. And the thing is, what I love is that they don't know that on other people who follow them, their feed, that they're able to just... I don't. I might not know the person they're commenting on, right, but because they it. commented, yeah. their comment shows up in my feed. So I'm seeing them essentially copy and paste these arguments in like oh, five man. different things. And you're like, dude, what are you trying to accomplish here? Like, there's so much better things to be. So doing. So many better things to be doing. Or you could see their timestamp, and it's like, you know, one a.m. or like, yeah. th- I'm like, bitch, go to <laughs> How sleep. How many bottles of tequila are you? Like? Or, yeah, or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> fuck. What are you trying to do here? And and that's the part that, man. I always say that it's always a kind of a joke, but yeah, the internet has created this buffer. Right, it says I can say <laughs> I could say anything, and not have to get worried about getting punched in the face. Yeah, it's true. Like, man, I'm, I I want to go back to a time where there was a little bit more fear involved in the and feeling like there's some yeah. consequences to saying something. But
2: it's funny that makes me think about because I don't ever I don't argue or say anything yeah. on Facebook about anything political or even COVID. I mean, nothing. Yeah, I just. It's there for like music and yeah. I want to see my friend's kids grow up, you know? Yeah. But the way I was raised, like my dad, you know, was he's a East Coast, you know, badass. And it was, if you say things, there are consequences. And that was...
0: You better fucking mean what you're about to say. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to back it up. Yeah. You know,
2: you can't be calling people, like, you can't call people names. Yeah. If you do, there's consequences. And that's why I don't, I just don't get involved in the... And yeah. Facebook warring on it. And that's one thing that even going back to your question about COVID and Nashville and stuff, one thing I loved about like I'm grateful for the whole experience is that it really taught me how to be a hermit hmm. and be really happy doing it. Yeah. Cause I remember at the beginning of it, I was like, okay, I can see this going a few different ways. You know, yeah. I could go mentally insane yep. and be you see s- it happen. Screaming at the computer and being mad at our mayor or whatever, or I can use this as a time off Mm -hmm. to like focus on myself, my health, my relationships, you know, my family, my music. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I did that. uh, The album I put out this year, I did it during quarantine. Like, you know, I, I taught myself new stuff about recording and, and the whole thing was, Was great. It was like a summer off, like from the world almost. I kind of just kept my head. I didn't pay attention to the news. I feel like I just was anything I needed to know, I knew, you know, not like to sound like I was just trying to be some ignorant fool. You know, I stay educated, but I'm not scrolling on my phone 24 hours just (laughs) arguing with people. (laughs) It's not changing anything. It's not changing.
0: Arguing with people I don't care about. Yeah. So
2: I just, I really focus on, you know, my home and, and just being there and enjoying it, and yeah. luckily, man, I was just grateful to live in a house, you know, where I had a yard, yeah, and a do- and and could go outside with my dog. Where I had, I had friends in New York City who were in a
0: Stuck in studio apartment. with yeah. a roommate, yep.
2: And man, that would be Fuck that a lot tougher. So we, I got a buddy
0: who's in town. He's staying here in town now, um, in Fallbrook, but he he had moved from Nashville to New York. Um, he's pursuing uh, acting. Right, and he's in this really epic school that's out there, and uh, he has a spot out there, and he's, and everything. He's like, I, I, I can't be here. Yeah, he's like, because all of his stuff's remote now, and he's like, if it's gonna be remote, he's like, I cannot be here. Right, like, I, this will not be good, and uh, so he he came out here, and he's just kind of gonna write it out until he has gotcha. to go back.
2: There was a there's a couple at uh at my gig a couple week a uh, few weeks ago at Johnny Cash's era. Total like young, hip New York couple. You know, like you tell the moment they walked <laughs> in. And um, well, we got to talking and, and they were like, oh, we're moving down to, we're actually moving to Virginia. We're just doing a road trip. We're moving out of New York City. So I, I started asking them about the situation and, and they still had their apartment up there and they're trying to rent it out for, they're trying to get some to sublease it for like $1,500 less than they were and they cannot find anyone to take it. Yeah, It's crazy, man. Crazy. But if you're going to be in quarantine, you're better off <laughs> in, the, in the sticks, you know. Yeah. You Can go outside and, and go on a run, play play music as loud as you want. There's yep. no no neighbors. I can't imagine it would have been tough, but yeah, it was good.
0: Definitely, I've been extremely fortunate to have you know things, yeah, you know things that I you know, have my hands in to stay busy and and a place like this to be able to yeah. At the worst case, just scenario, run away. Yeah. Just, Find something, you know. And oh that's, man, yeah.
2: I remember the the. I don't want this... again. I don't want this to go political <laughs> at all. But I love it. I remember when it was uh like beginning stages of COVID and the beaches were closed in California. Oh
0: fuck, that's when everything went ham.
2: And I was watching like the protest footage and the the signs people were <laughs> <praying>. <laughs> it was like commies can't surf yeah. like all this crazy stuff dude. i was like oh man like my hometown. there it is <laughs> dude it was some crazy shit man commies can't surf it was like the funny and i grew up surfing i mean get it like dude, it, it was the interviews are-
0: it was crazy like we live right <laughs> off the beach and essentially it was like we go walk the dog and it's like we couldn't like it's only two, like two three blocks away yeah so our normal block, they'd have it a barricade with a cop sitting there every day at the beach. Wait for the on the street that goes wow. down to the beach, and it would just be like, nope, can't go down there. Crazy, can't go down in the sun in the sand, right? You know, or yeah. whatever. And it was like, dude, it was that was that was some that was scary. It's like movie shit. It yeah. felt like some weird Armageddon shit, right? And it was eerie because you know if like, you've the ever, waves are. S- Oh, dude, Let me that was the go, other thing. Man. I remember seeing videos of people getting arrested, like for trying surfing. to go surf. They go, they wow. they go surf, and then they'd get like, like the lifeguards and shit, and like the the police and boats would come and chase them, and they're trying to run away, and they're getting tackled by cops and getting, you know, arrested for. There's
2: saw one dude out in paddleboard way by himself. Like, yeah, I think it's Orange County or something. Yeah, he was like way out, way there. out, and Coast Guard had to like come and <laughs> bring him into shore and arrest so him for crazy. paddleboarding it's wild
0: yeah I mean dude I don't see them going back down that road I don't think anyone will right. allow it but it, it is definitely that was an interesting time gosh man
2: yeah I mean, but we said earlier about that when downtown shut down in Nashville they're they're saying like they might shut down Broadway and I was like they can't this, <laughs> it's not allowed like it's against yeah. the law they can't just close down a street of business yeah but these is taught you anything it's <laughs> buckle up man you don't know what the hells going to happen <laughs> yeah we're still, we're all waiting for the season finale of aliens or something
0: dude it's like watching lost yeah yeah dude, that's man what it feels like it's yeah. like every like every two weeks it's like dun 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 yeah and you're like i feel like i got somewhere what's going to happen tomorrow
2: and when it's quiet for a while you're like something's brewing like where's i know the there's going to be a big story a
3: fucking smoke monster yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> i keep seeing memes about aliens it's like Season finale 2020, the aliens are coming. Dude, it's like confirmed aliens and, and everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like not even a big thing anymore. It's like, I just want to go make pizza. <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> go back to work. Like, uh, it's nuts, man.
0: Yeah. Shit, man. Shit. Yeah. I appreciate having you on. Dude, thank you. I was, was, I was awesome. bummed that, because uh, I know when I was in Nashville, we were trying to stop staying in your house. Right. And I was like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. And yeah, I did one with Pete and Corey. And then yeah. it got to be, like, right around the last day. It was like, fuck, like You're man. leaving. Yeah. I know. I was, I was
2: gigging the whole time, too. Yeah. So that was, like, a whole other thing. But this was great.
0: Yeah. Worked out. I'm glad you guys were able to make it out.
2: Yeah. Dude, I'll do it anytime. I could literally, I mean, I've been rambling for the last two hours about everything. I could <laughs> sit and talk about all sorts of stuff, man. <laughs> we didn't even get into more recording stuff. We can do that for part two. Yeah. Oh, there will be part two. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, man. It's, it's great. So thank yeah. you for having me. I love it hell yeah thanks for the beer
0: yeah you got more to drink
2: I know <laughs> and thanks friends for listening to Dolly's podcast spread the word Dolly's awesome love him entrepreneur of the year uh, Shane Dolly
0: okay uh,
2: we'll end on it <laughs> perfect thanks, thanks man
1: I'm losing my mind losing my mind all I want is you My mind, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I can't believe it's true. I'm losing my mind. Cause I'm losing you. I'm losing my mind. Cause I'm losing you. I'm losing my mind. Cause I'm losing you